Well, welcome to Coffee with Mr. Bill podcast. Today is uh, Friday. Um, and we still have a lot of things going on on the political scene, but we also have a lot going on with the uh, coronavirus. You know, that's, uh, the coronavirus brings up a good... Um, just a good thing that, you know, in terms of immigration, you know, this is why we need to know who's coming in, uh, we need to know why they're coming in, uh, that's why we have immigration laws, and we have a system and a process, it may be broken, and I, and I will tell you it's broken, um, but... You know, the Democratic Party is, is quick to jump on President Trump and his administration uh, for trying to control and trying to fix a system that they couldn't fix. Um, I don't know how many of you knew, and I had a discussion with somebody in, in Albany the other day talking about, you know, the fact that there's not that many refugees coming in. Well, let me point out, that back in 2009, I believe it was 2010, 2011, President Obama halted uh, refugee resettlement. And, the, and he did it, I think it was close to six months. And the reason why he did it, and this is another issue that, that, that people aren't even aware of, but the reason why he did it was because people were buying their way into the refugee camps to get resettled in the United States, to come to the United States. Most of them were business owners in the country in which they live. But um, the point is, we don't know how many people that, that um, bought their way into the refugee camps for a mere $100 um, brought their paperwork in and, and got resettled before actually people that were refugees. Um, you know, which isn't fair either. You know, um, people that are refugees and living into some serious um, uh, problems in the camps and stuff and, and you know when they want to when they decide that they want to leave their country that's not an easy task for them to come up with as a, as, a, as parents and as a family to up, up and move your family from where you you're so familiar with into a new country that you have no no idea what it's about but anyways they were buying their way in. Um, you know, they give the camp director, who is also a refugee, a hundred dollars and the paperwork, and the next thing you know, they're you know they're on the list to, to be resettled, and they get resettled within you know six months to a year. Um, and who, who you know, it's it's tough to to blame the camp directors. You know, they're elected, you know, or appointed by uh, IOM or by the people in the camp, uh, you know, the position pays, you know, some extra rice every month and, and maybe a moped or a bicycle. Um, so $100 is a lot of money. So um, President Obama, when they found out about that, they, they halted until they could investigate. Um they don't know how many people got into the United States that way. So Trump, you know, he, he knows that that goes on. And, and, you know, he halted it. And he had to halt refugee resettlement because of the influx of people coming in 
illegally. You know, we're not we're not an open door policy. We can't we can't have an open door policy. We need to know who's coming into the United States and for what purpose. And we need to know, you know, granted, you know, I know when I was in Vietnam, I went there with some friends of mine that were Vietnamese that lived in Florida. Um, Tommy Vu, who a uh, good friend of mine, uh, you know, he came over after the Vietnam War, you know, within months. Uh, and, and, and he has a story that would just uh, turn your stomach because he served in the military for the United States. And when they were pulling out of Saigon, uh, he could have he very easily left with his wife. But he went back to get his mother and father. And when he came back to uh, Saigon, when he came back to uh, where they were uh, uh, pulling him out, they had closed the, uh, the doors. Um, so he couldn't, him and his wife couldn't leave. So they proceeded to um, walk through the jungles of Cambodia, Laotia. Um, at one point, were caught, beaten, and left to die. But they made it to California. They made it to the United States. It took them a long time, almost a year. And uh, so, anyways, I went to Vietnam with Tommy and his wife. And, you know, uh, his parents had since died waiting to come to the United States. And he had a sister who had been waiting 14 years. Uh, it was his only sibling left. So we went to the um, embassy. And it was a long line. I'm talking a line all the way around the building of Vietnamese people wanting to go into the embassy to find out, you know... Well, you know, what's going on or sign up to come to the United States. We got in the line and within five minutes somebody came out and grabbed me and said, Sir, come on in. And I found out because I was an American that I had, you know, special treatment. Anyways, we went in and uh, they asked me what I was there for and I told them that we wanted an update on, on Tommy Boo's sister. Uh, because she, you know, had been waiting 14 years. They asked me to wait in a, in a waiting room. And then they called me in. And there was a group of about 10 people sitting around the table. Stacks of paper in front of them. And, you know, they asked me, you know, who the person was. And I told them. They said, well, you know, Mr. Wishmeyer, uh... Here's the process. The United States only allows so many people from every country into the United States, and there's a long wait list in every single country. Um, and and there, there's a reason for that. There has to be a balance of how many people we allow into the country. We can't overwhelm the systems, and we can't overwhelm, you know, the, the American people with people from every country anytime they want to come. So anyways, they, they had asked, you know, how long, and 
And I said, 14 years. And they pulled her file up and they said, yep, yeah, you're right, it's been 14 years. They said, you know what we can do, though? How would you like to get her home for Christmas? And this was in May. And I said, that would be awesome. That would be an excellent thing. You know, it's, it's, uh, he lost his parents already, and this is his only sister. And he has his own business, and he can support her and stuff. So they said, well, you know what? You can rest assured that she'll be home for Christmas. I said, okay. And I left. I thanked him, and I left. You know, sure enough, a week before Christmas, Tommy Boo's sister came to the United States. Um, it was a powerful, powerful thing. Now, you know, we, we, we look at immigration and we say, you know, yes, it, it, it is a broken system. You know, when, when a company has to pay <laughs> you know, thousands and thousands, I'm talking tens of thousands of dollars for people to come into the United States that will work, that will do jobs that the United States, you know, American people don't want to do, such as a lot of farming and stuff like that. But we have people that, that are they're farmers. They're farmers by trade. They're farmers by, by uh, life. That's all they've ever done. Uh, and I find it like, ironic that we, we bring in people from the refugee resettlement process that are farmers, and we put them in New York City, Chicago, you know, major, major metropolitan areas that they have no clue how to, how to navigate. And then, you know, we pay these organizations to teach them English and stuff, and you know, try to get them into, you know, the mainstream United States within six months. You know, it's just, it's, it's a broken system. Anyways, uh, so, you know, when we look at people that have come to Rochester, for instance, you know, one of the, one of the things that uh, this guy from Albany was saying and, First of all, you're saying it takes seven to ten years for somebody to come into a refugee organization. That's not true, um, you know. And, and he was he was making all these comments about President Trump, um, and his his methodology, his his cognitive thinking is is so democratic, so left wing. You know, spreading stuff and, and then calling me ignorant, telling me I know nothing about uh, refugees or resettlement. I, I laughed. You know, I said I, I've been I've been working with refugees and resettlement for well over thirty years, and you know, and then I asked them. You know, I said, you know, obviously, you know, you're in Albany and you seem to know everything. You know about the refugee resettlement and the organization that you work with. I says, let me ask you some questions. You know, and of course he couldn't answer any of the questions. I asked him why Obama halted the resettlement. I asked him about, you know, the kids from one of the ethnic communities that had come here through the resettlement process that, um, 
got involved in a gang and they were robbing their own families and people in their communities. Um, asked him if he knew anything about that and he didn't even respond. Um, I know a lot of kids from, from Albany. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I know a lot of families from Albany. Um, again, here's another refugee organization that basically deals with the mothers and the little kids. The mothers and the little kids aren't the issue. The, the, the issue is the teenagers and the young adults. Um, they're the ones where all the pressure's put on. They're the ones that are making decisions for the mothers and fathers because they don't speak English. So the, the pressure's put on them to interpret for them. That's why, you know, years ago we started soccer and youth clubs um, so we could lend support to um, the younger men and, and, and women so that they'd have an outlet and they'd have an opportunity to share with each other issues that they might be having. But, you know, the falsehoods, the whole rumor stuff about immigration, about refugee resettlement has been so so lied about Just and that's really what it is it's, it's, they're lies um, you know people come here because of safety and security and they want stability and they don't, you know, most of the people that I know who came into the refugee resettlement, they don't want open borders. You know, they're, they're fearful of open borders. And the reason being is because, you know, especially, for instance, the Burmese. We know that the Burmese have sent people here. The Burmese army has sent people here to spy on, on families and stuff. Um, you know, who's to say they're not going to send hitmen? You know, not only the Burmese, but, you know, the Nepalese and, and, you know, the Congolese, the Somalians, you know, any one of them. So, you know, we need to know what their, their motive is for even coming to the United States. Um, it's too bad that the refugee resettlement has had to uh, lower, I mean, really lower uh, the amount of admissions. But then again, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad because what it's doing is it's cutting the funding for these these organizations that sprung up and are using refugees as a business. Um, they're treating them as, as clients and as products, you know, so that they can get grants and, and funding. That's not what it's about. You know, these people, when they come here, they become your neighbors, and they become your friends, your co-workers. You know, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get why you feel the need to make money off of somebody's depravity. Um, but that's me. So if you have any anything to say, any comments to, to, to make, please post them. I'd love to hear them. Um, when it comes to uh, refugee resettlement, these families that come here, they, they offer 
an awful lot of, of value to a community um, because they they can um, they haven't been polluted by the American leftists you know disrespect your elders and, and disrespect you know the leaders in government um, I didn't agree with for instance a lot of stuff that Obama, President Obama said or did, but I respected him because that was the position he had. Um, I did vote for Trump because I wasn't going to vote for Hillary. I thought she she was a thief. But had Hillary won the election, I would have respected her. I may have challenged her, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't slander her. I wouldn't um, attack her with everything she did you know we've lost a lot in this country and I, you know I'm going to point to the Democrats because I, I see what they're doing and I know what they're doing in terms of corruption and stuff I, I don't think many people a lot of people are aware of it um, <laughs> but look at look at you know the kickbacks are getting and stuff, and, and this is this is happening. And I'm not sure it's just the Democrats; it could be the Republicans also. Um, I don't know, but like I said, that's my take on for today. This is Mr. Bill with coffee with Mr. Bill. If you have any questions, any concerns, any comments, leave them. God bless you. Have a good day.